What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 21 deadline. And because it's a Friday deadline, and I haven't been able to record this after the press conferences. I'm basically going to answer a bunch of your questions as well as going through a wildcard draft for game week 21 as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And let's get into it. So is Carl Walker the best third Man City player alongside Haaland and Foden? And this is something that a lot of people are going to be thinking about over the next few weeks. Because as we already discussed this week, there's a high chance that Man City could double in game week 25. And if that happens, unlike Liverpool, they wouldn't also blank in game week 26. So although the minutes of Man City players are often a bit of a risk, on paper at least, they've got fixtures right up until 28. They could blank in 29, but that's not a certainty yet. And also, they might double in 25. So I think if Haaland was fit, he would obviously be a lock. I think for now, because in the question, it kind of takes it that Foden is definitely one of the best three. I think if I was picking this week, he would be in there. But as De Bruyne gets, obviously, back to fitness, so does Doku. There's a lot of competition then in those attacking spots. And I think right now, people are assuming that Alvarez is going to miss out and it'll be Foden that stays in the team. But it could be the other way around, or it could just be that they share minutes. So I think Foden's good right now, but in four or five game weeks' time, as you get closer to that potential double, maybe De Bruyne will have a bit of a say in that. And Foden could move to the right, but obviously they have other players that can play in that position as well. So if we're picking in 21, then Harden and Foden for sure, that could change later on. That's always my hesitation with picking Man City players this far out from the double. And the same goes with Kyle Walker. I think right now he is the one that I would go for. He seems to be the most nailed of all the defenders. Obviously, Stones has a few injury concerns and stuff like that. So Kyle Walker is definitely the defender if that's how you want to go. And I don't think I would triple up on the attack because there's so many other forwards and midfielders that we can pick from other teams. So he does look like the third best as it stands right now. That could change by 22 or 23. Obviously, Edison is always... Part of that conversation as well because he's nailed on but i just think if you've got like the brav Ariola or even just one of those plus a different goalkeeper i don't know whether it makes much sense to transfer edison in and plus once walker's kind of done the job of having that double you can move him on to a different defender and for most people they always feel a little bit better about moving defenders midfielders and uh, forwards rather than goalkeepers and edison can be quite frustrating i don't think he's a bad pick but i probably would go for Kyle Walker. But if you put this Man City decision off close until closer to 25, the answer could be completely different. Maybe Foden's come out of the team and Alvarez has continued to start. And all of a sudden you might want Haaland, Alvarez, and Walker. Or it could be that you've got three other defenders that you love. Maybe you've still got Trent in the team, perhaps you've got Poro, Estupinian, whoever it might be, and you just want to go all out on triple Man City attack. So if I'm picking in 21 and Haaland is definitely fit for 22, then Haaland and Foden is probably the way to go, plus Walker. But in a few weeks, that may or may not change. So is Luis Diaz being overlooked in the Salah-Son replacement discussion? I would say on this channel, he definitely is, because I've talked about a lot of midfielders this week, even Diogo Jota, and I don't think I've mentioned Diaz once. Um, so I am overlooking him, but I think for the right reasons, and similar to you know, looking at Jota, I just don't know how sure we can be about his minutes. I think as things stand, Diaz is probably still first choice left wing. And then obviously you've got Nunez through the middle. But Jota has to play somewhere. And as I keep saying, I don't think it's a certainty that one of these three players plays on the right 
in which case they're all vying for two spots in that Liverpool team. And you only have to look at Diaz's recent minutes to see that, right? He played 63 against Newcastle, 23 against Burnley, 67 against Arsenal, 77 against United. He hasn't played 90 minutes since game week 16. Now, I know Salah was obviously available for those games, and now he's gone. There's one more spot freed up. But I don't see Diaz playing there, and I don't see Jota starting on the right permanently either. He can play there, and that would obviously free up Diaz and Nunez to have less competition. But there's also Gakpo as well. So I'm just not that interested in any Liverpool attackers. It's a bit different if you already own them. Like if you've got Nunez, given that he didn't play the last game for Liverpool, you'd probably just keep hold of him and then just keep assessing it week by week. But I don't know with Diaz. I've just got, I've got even less interest in Diaz than I do with Jota. And it's not all about points scored, right? I often look at expected data in terms of predictions and stuff like that. But Jota has scored one more point this season than Diaz. And Jota's only played 664 minutes. Diaz has played 1,150. And if you look at his uh, expected numbers, it's 0.31 expected goals per 90, 0.14 expected assists. It's not bad, but it's also, it's not so good that I'd be willing to risk him not starting some games. And that is the problem. And obviously, like I've just discussed with, you know, Foden and Walker, if Liverpool go through in the Carabao Cup, which looks absolutely likely to happen, then they will double in 25. So having Diaz or Jota could be good. But if they're only going to play one of those games and not play all of the ones before it, you're not really gaining any fixtures. So I hate sitting here and saying that I've just got no interest in players, but Diaz is one of those. He's a quality player and he could easily go and get four goals in the next four games where he starts them all or not. But I just think there are players you can be more sure of minutes and have as good, if not better, stats. So he is being overlooked, definitely on this channel. And I'm going to continue to do that, I think. So given that we're bound to have a lot more information by game week 22, what's your opinion on fielding 10 players this week and rolling a transfer? Now, I have spoken a lot about wanting to roll a transfer for my own team. And just a reminder, the game week 21 deadline is on the 12th of January. And the game week 22 deadline is on the 30th of January. So there's 18 days gap between the next two deadlines. And some of the information we're going to get are obviously injury updates about some key players like Bowen, Trent, Harlan, if we don't get it from Pep's press conference uh, today. The FA Cup fourth round results will be done. So we'll know whether teams have gone out of the FA Cup. And therefore, it could be that some of the fixtures in game week 29 are confirmed on. That will help with planning. We'll also know the fifth round draw. So who's likely to get through to the quarterfinals and blank in game week 29. The Carabao Cup semifinals will be done. So we'll know who's blanking in 26, hopefully who's doubling in 25, etc. as well. And also, I think all the group stages for African Cup of Nations and the Asia Cup will be done too. So potentially, there's a massive upset. Some of those players we don't think are going to be available over the next few weeks might then be options, right? So there is potentially a lot of information. But to come back to the original question, would I field 10 players and roll a transfer? Almost certainly not, right? And obviously, it depends on the individual's team but that transfer is worth points this week so let's just say you're bringing in like an Eschepinian or a Foden could they get five points or more in game week 21 if I can keep track of which game week we're in yeah absolutely so even if that forced a hit down the line when you get more information in game week 22 and you take that four point hit you're still up by at least one point and potentially these players are capable of getting even more like at the bare minimum unless your player goes and gets sent off or gets a yellow card they're probably going to get you at least two points. So that transfer is going to gain you two points, potentially more. So 
So I think in that particular case, there's no way I would want to go with 10 players. I would definitely want to go to 11. I guess if you're in a position where you're just really not sure what you want to do, and if you bring in that 11th player, it's going to cause major issues down the line, possibly 8 points, 12 points worth of hits, whatever it might be. That's a bit different, but I can't imagine that is the case for most people. So the only reason I'm thinking about rolling is because in one move, I can get 11 players and potentially I've got Charlie Taylor on the bench who could play as well. Unfortunately, Vincent Company has not told us whether he's fit or not, but potentially I've got a 12th player. I'm just in a lucky position where I've got the couple of uh, spare transfers and I haven't got additional flags outside of kind of Trent, Salah, Son, and obviously Charlie Taylor as well. So yeah, if I had 10 players, I'd want to get to 11. I mean, it's a different conversation if you're taking a hit to do it. Maybe I'd be less inclined to do that, but I still think I would want to try and get that chance of getting the points this week, especially if it's for a player that's going to do well for you over the next few weeks. So is rolling a transfer this week a good position to be in? Absolutely. Are we going to gain a lot of information? Yes, but I highly doubt that information is going to be worth so much I would roll a transfer with just 10 players. So is it necessary to get Salah and Son back in our teams as soon as they come back from their international tournaments? And the honest answer is it might be, but I cannot tell you with any certainty right now because obviously we need to know, one, who's doubling and blanking later on, and we don't have that information locked in yet. But also it depends when they come back from those international tournaments. If one of them gets knocked out at the group stage, that's completely different than if they get all the way through to the final. Um, the only the, the advice that I would give is try and leave your options open as long as possible. So without going into it in too much detail, again, one of the reasons I want to roll is next week I can choose whether to get rid of Trent or Salah based on all the information we have ahead of game week 22. But even if you can't roll, which is perfectly fine, just be open-minded that you might have to sell a player later on that right now you wouldn't even give any consideration to. So in my team, for example, I've got no plans to sell Saka or Watkins. And if I told you right now I was selling Watkins, you'd probably think I was crazy. But if I need to sell him to get all the players I want for the double and to get one of these two players back when they when they return from international duty, then that is what I will do because we will have a wild card later to kind of mix up our teams once again. I think with Son, it's going to be less necessary than with Salah, but it really depends on what happens in the Carabao Cup. So Chelsea are 1-0 down against Middlesbrough in the first leg. If Chelsea go out, right, and they lose to Middlesbrough, then that suddenly that Spurs fixture in game week 20, sorry, the Chelsea versus Spurs game in game week 26 is on. And if Son's back by game week 23, and you've got money to spend in a spare midfield slot, and you know he's not blanking anytime soon, you might want to put him straight back in. But if he's not back until 24, and 26 is a blank, then you'd probably just ignore him. So you're going to have to play it by ear. And it's a similar conversation with Salah. Like if Egypt get all the way to the final and they go on and win it, who knows whether he'll even be available for this first game in 25. But if they go out earlier and he's back for Burnley at home, well, you could potentially captain him for that game instead of going for Haaland that week. I think in 24, Haaland has, yeah, Everton at home. Now there's nothing wrong with Haaland, of course, if he's fully fit, but you might want to go differential and go for Salah instead. But if he's not back until 25 and he's a doubt for that, then maybe you just ignore him completely. So if Liverpool double in 25 and Salah's available for both games, will you want to go without him? Probably not. So you need to leave an option open to get him in later on. If you also want Trent for that double, how are you going to fund that? That might be where you have to sell like a Watkins or a Sack or whoever it might be from your team 
So just remain open-minded. But is it necessary to get them both back straight away? Probably not. So would you take a minus four point hit or risk starting Jared Bowen? Now, for what it's worth, I don't think Bowen is going to play in game week 21. I could be absolutely wrong on that. I don't have inside information or anything like that. But I just think with the noise going around in the media, it does sound like he's going to miss Sheffield United away. It doesn't sound like he's got a bad injury that's going to keep him out for like four or five games. But I think Sheffield United is probably more likely that he doesn't play than he starts. So that's where I'm coming from. Well, that's the angle I'm coming from when I'm answering this question. Um, if you had someone on the bench that can come on if Bowen doesn't play at all, then I probably wouldn't take the minus four. Even if you don't think that player is very good and they're only likely to get you two points, I'd probably just hold on to him because you bought Bowen in for a reason, right? It wasn't just for Sheffield United away. It was also for the fixtures after that, the fact that when he's fit, he always plays. So if I got someone on the bench, I wouldn't take the four-point hit. If you're in a position where Bowen is part of your starting 11 and you've got no one on the bench, it's really tricky and a really unfortunate position to be in. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of an FPL manager like that. And I would probably take the minus four because I would want to get at least 11 players out. I mean, ideally, if you want Bowen long term, you take the minus four for someone else to cover him. But even if you had to take out Bowen, that is something that I would consider if it was to get 11 players out. If you can get 11 out anyway, I wouldn't really bother. I'm not going to go into midfield replacements too much because i think we've spoken about that a lot this week but the reason why i would consider the minus four is as much as i think bowen is a good option and if he's back for 22 bournemouth for home is great i don't think he's so brilliant that you can you can't afford to lose him right there's loads of other midfielders you can pick from as well and once you lose sheffield united away or if you do that's one of the good fixtures over the next four game weeks bournemouth for home isn't bad i mean man united away is not that bad either I don't think it's a certainty that Bowen scores in that if he plays. And Arsenal at home can be tricky as well. So I think it's always hard to answer these questions when you're not in that position. But I know that I would want 11 players out. It's not like game week 21 is a blank game week, right? Where you can justify having 8, 9 or 10 players. Every match is on. It just so happens there's a lot of flags this week. So if I've got Bowen in the start on 11, but I've got someone on the bench, I would just risk starting him. If you're down to 10 men or even less, I'd probably take the minus four, I think. So Ivan Tony, is he worth considering at all? Now, I did run through this on the transfer tips video earlier this week, but a lot of people asked me about him again for this video. So I'm just going to cover it quickly. Um, I think he will start against Nottingham Forest at home in game week 21. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Obviously, he hasn't played any football in the league this season, but that wasn't due to injury or anything like that. So he should start. Brentford are playing in the second weekend of game week 21, so we're not going to hear from Thomas Frank ahead of the deadline. I don't think that's necessarily a huge issue, although there is obviously some slight risk there. Um, the main worry for me is, after Nottingham Forest at home, the fixtures on paper aren't that good. Like Spurs away, I guess is okay, but they are getting defenders back to fitness. They've obviously signed a new one as well. And there's even rumours that Romero wants to play against Man United, so they might have most of their first choice back for... Um, back soon doesn't mean they're going to be a super watertight defense but it will improve them then they've got man city at home which is not a great fixture although tony has done well and brentford in general against some of the tougher teams so again maybe that would be okay and then wolves away in game week 24 the one thing that i missed the other day when i was talking about him is that obviously if man city double in 25 so will brentford and brentford's double in 25 will be liverpool at home and man city away so they would have an extra fixture 
but it's Man City away. And they've also got to play them before that as well. So on paper, the fixtures are not that good for Brentford, even with the double. And then after that, it's West Ham away, Chelsea at home, Arsenal away. So I don't mind him as a big differential where hardly anyone owns him. We know what he can do. He'll be on penalties as well. Um, but I guess it all comes down to who you're selling. And I wouldn't sell Solanke for him. I wouldn't sell Watkins. I wouldn't sell Alvarez. So which forward have you got that needs to go this week? So I, I get why people are looking at him. He could do really well this week. I'm just a little bit skeptical about how well he'll do over the next couple of weeks. So is free hit in game week 21 worth it? Obviously, there's a lot of players that are flagged this week. I don't particularly like the wild card for most people in game week 21. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And I think using the free hit would be even worse. So that kind of answers the question, is it worth it? I would say no for most people watching this video. And with, let's say, 95% certainty, that free hit will be way more valuable to you later on in the season. Like generally, when you use a free hit, you want to use it to manage a period of game weeks. It's not just about getting the maximum points in a single game week, right? So for example, the blank in 29 could be where a lot of people use it. And they'll do that because the players they need that week and not players they need either side of that game week, right? Also, you've got to be happy with the team after you free hit. So if you use your free hit this week, your team in game week 22 will be the same team that you finish game week 20 with. So if you've got Trent and he's still injured and Son and Salah are still away on international duty and maybe you've got Huang as well, Bowen, and he's not yet back fit, you've then got to still deal with all those players in 22, apart from you don't have your free hit anymore. And you're either forced into extra um, four-point hits because obviously you, you don't um, get to roll your transfer if you use your free hit or your wild card, in which case you might as well have just used that in game week 21. So I think free hit is a pretty bad idea for most people. The other thing why I think it's going to be so valuable later is no one can tell you exactly when is the best week to use it. And I don't think that's because it's not going to be needed. It's because so much could change over the next few weeks. So it could be useful in 25 when Liverpool and Man City double. It could be useful in 29 where there'll be a big blank uh, game week. Or it could be useful for one of the big doubles later on because a lot of the teams that double in one week might be different to the ones that double in the other, as I discussed earlier this week. So is free hit worth it this week? I would really try and avoid using it if you can. So lots of people asked me to run through a wildcard draft for game week 21. Way more people than I was expecting, to be honest. So that's what I'm going to do now. Just quickly on whether you should be using the chip this week. I still think it would be preferable to save it. Even using it in game week 22 would probably be better than 21 because we'll have a little bit more information. And it might end up being more beneficial to even save it longer than that. And I know lots of people have got you know, players out this week, right? Flags in their team. But even if you have to take like a minus four or a minus eight to fix that, I think that's probably better than activating the wild card. Obviously, if you're getting to like minus, you know, 12, minus 16, or even more than that, that's a little bit different. Maybe you should be using the chip. But I would question whether you actually need that many hits. But obviously, that's a decision that's kind of up to you. This is a draft I put together, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wasn't really expecting to talk about the wild card this week. And I have put this together really quickly so that if you think about it a little bit more ahead of tonight's deadline, there might be some changes that you'd want to make. Obviously, it's very difficult to talk through, you know, this is how I would manage the doubles. This is how I would manage the blanks because we don't yet know what they are. And some of them haven't been confirmed yet. Um, so just to run through, I've got 8 million in the bank and I've put Harden in as a placeholder because I haven't heard from Pep Guardiola in his press conference yet. Um, obviously, if Harland is still out, you can just put a different forward there and just bank the money ready to get him back in. I mean, you could 
if you assume that Haaland's going to be back for 22, you could have him in your team and just obviously bench him this week. That would save you a transfer down the line. But if Pep says there's even some doubt about him being available for Burnley, and I'd rather have a different forward there, I think, and then just bank the money. It really depends on how many other transfers you're going to have to use down the line. I mean, with doubles and blanks coming up, maybe you should play it a bit safer and just start with Haaland. Either way, even with Haaland, I've got 8 million in the bank because I haven't yet chosen a second goalkeeper. And I think that's a difficult decision. I would have Ariola. Um, it's not a guarantee that he will play in game week 29 because his fixture is against um, Aston Villa. Um, and obviously Villa have got Chelsea in the FA Cup. If, if one of West Ham or Villa go through, then that game will be a blank. But I just think for his value and the fact that he's number one now, I'll go for him. Second goalkeeper is really up for debate. Again, without knowing who's definitely going to play in 29, it's really hard to choose that second keeper. I would probably think about the fact that Man City, Brentford, Liverpool are all probably going to double in 25. So if you want to spend extra money, you could go for like an Allison or an Edison. If you don't want three um, other Man City players, you could look at going for someone like Flecken at Brentford as well. That's the kind of thinking there. Uh, in defence, I've gone for Gabriel, Walker, Virgil van Dijk, Estrepinian, and Doughty from Luton. Now, Doughty's going to double if Liverpool do in 25. It's not the greatest double for him, but he is quite attacking. Van Dijk's in there because Trent is injured at the moment. I just think anyone like Trent or Salah, I just can't see why you would put them on a wildcard draft when they might not be available for another two or three games. It could be that Trent is back next week. I understand that, but that is not a guarantee. I think you could, you just shouldn't really put them on wildcard. I'm not that excited about the Van Dyke pick, to be honest with you. But I think in terms of safety and minutes and fitness right now, bearing in mind Liverpool will have that double later, he probably is the one to go for. I think if you go for him, you're basically hoping that Trent misses the next three game weeks because obviously Trent can do major damage in Burnley at home game week 24 and then a potential double of Brentford away in Luton at home. But Van Dyke will get the same clean sheets, of course. So you're just hoping that what Trent does from an attacking perspective is not enough, you know, versus like not owning him, basically, right? Willie, if he gets like one assist, you've saved a lot of money by not having him and having Van Dyke. I keep saying Virgil Van Dyke, having Van Dyke instead. And I think over a long period of time, that could work out better. But obviously, there is some risk there. And this is one of the reasons I don't like wildcarding this week. There is too much up in the air you can't be sure about. I've gone for Estupinian, obviously, very attacking. Brighton's fixtures are good. I should say, he's been out injured twice this season. And Brighton don't play for another 10 days against Wolves at home in game week 21. Like, I wouldn't be completely shocked if he picks up another injury at some point. But I think for his price and his attacking potential, he's worth the risk. Carl Walker's in there ready for Man City's double. And I would stick with an Arsenal defender, even though they've not done great recently, because the fixtures are pretty good. And that fixture against Chelsea at home in 29 might be on if Villa knocked Chelsea out of the FA Cup. And that could just be beneficial. I know on paper that's not a great fixture. Arsenal probably won't get a clean sheet. But you want to leave your options open in case you don't free hit that week and you need to use it in a different week um, instead. I've gone for Saka. You know I think he's great. Foden's ready for the double. Palmer is just such good value still. I would probably have him. But it's worth saying that if Chelsea go through in the Carabao Cup, they'll miss game week 26 uh, against Spurs at home. They've also got Man City away in 25. Not a great fixture. So the amount of good fixtures for Palmer are running out but i think he's just such good value i'd probably still have him in i've got bruno fernandez i know people are going to hate that pick choose someone else right go for odegaard go for gross go for jota go for luis diaz whoever you want just go for someone in and around that price that's really just a placeholder for salah later on 
And if you go, by the way, for someone like Flecken in goal, um, you know, to go from Bruno Fernandes to Salah, you'd only need to free up, what is it, like 1.2 million later on. And I mean, you could just downgrade Saka or someone like that. You could downgrade Watkins. There's ways to do that later on. Again, there might be a better way to set this up, but unfortunately, there's not enough time ahead of the deadline to give it, um, you know, complete thought. And I'm not using my chip this week. And I've also got Garnacho, who is in there as an enabler to just make it easier to have Haaland and Salah later on. Like, you might want to redistribute the funds straight away to make sure you can also get Trent as well. But I think that's going to be difficult to have Trent, Salah, and Haaland and make the most of Man City's doubles. Like, you could, right, and we're going to... I could do the so much tinkering with this team. You could go down to someone like Gross or even Eze instead of Foden. And then that allows you to have Haaland and Salah. And obviously then you've got Van Dyke up against Trent. But if you want Trent in as well, you've got to find like another 1.5 million. And then that gets quite difficult. I just think you've got to make too many sacrifices right now. I think if I was wildcarding in 21, I would want to take the points that are on offer immediately and worry about the rest of the stuff later on and then up front you've got Watkins Solanke you could go for Jao Pedro if you want to all I'll say on Jao Pedro right and I think his minutes are going to be better than they have been for some of this season but he like he's played 90 minutes three games in a row but obviously once Europe starts back up again could that change maybe the one thing I'll say about him he's incredible value at 5.4 million right penalty taker plenty of returns already this season the fixtures for Brighton are great but I'm telling you now, there's a lot of people that are going to buy Jao Pedro, and the first time he's benched, they're going to panic. If you're one of those people, just do not put him into your team. It's just a headache for you later on. I think Watkins and Solanke are great, and then you've got Haaland there. If you don't want to go for Haaland because Pep says he's going to be out for a little while longer, then you've got Tony if you want to take that punt, um, or you could go for Alvarez, of course, who will play number nine without Haaland. There are probably much better wild cards out there, um, but I think in terms of getting points right now, as well as having, you know, Garnaccio in as a bit of an enabler, that is probably the kind of setup that I would go for. You've got triple man. Because let's not forget, right, of course we want Liverpool players for the double, but Man City are also probably going to double in 25 as well. And so you've got the triple up. You've kept your goalkeepers cheap. You could go for Allison or, or Edison if you want to spend more money. You've got attacking defenders. I think it looks all right. Is it perfect? Probably not. Um, like I said, I wasn't expecting to talk about wildcards this week. So is Garnacho a good cheap option for those of us that don't want to sell Salah and want enough money to bring Haaland back? And I think given that I've just put him on the wildcard draft I've spoken about, the answer probably has to be yes. He's only going to cost 4.8 million. He does seem to be first choice for Man United right now. Obviously, that was on the left instead of Rashford. Now, Rashford has come back into the team and Garnacho's moved to the right. There are other players that can play and his minutes aren't completely secure. But with the information we have right now, things do look pretty good right you would expect him to start the next three to four game weeks i don't think i can sit here and tell you there's a guarantee that he starts every single one of the next 10 game weeks he's not a bruno fernandez in that regard um to minutes but he only costs 4.8 million so you've got to uh, set your expectations correctly and it's not that i think he's like better than a phone or richardson or someone like that but in terms of being able to make future moves i do think it's worth considering you might drop some points now you gain them in the future by being able to get those players you want back um pretty easily like if we look at his minutes recently 90 against forest 90 against villa 84 against west ham 70 against liverpool 78 against bournemouth 90 against chelsea 
90 against Newcastle. That is pretty good. And he has started every game since game week 11. So I think you'd be really unlucky if you put him in this week and then he suddenly missed like two or three games in a row. I just don't see that happening. And also, Man United's fixtures are pretty good. Like Spurs at home on paper is not that bad for Man United. Wolves away, West Ham at home, Villa away, Luton away, Fulham at home. Is that a perfect six game week run? Of course not. But it really ain't that bad for a player that costs less than five million. So yeah, as an enabler, I think he's great. So people keep saying, try to save one free transfer for game week 22 as we'll get more info. Do we really need two free transfers for next game week if the info we're getting is for future weeks? If double game week 25 was to get confirmed, we've then got three weeks to plan for it. Now, I know I've kind of covered this quite a bit this week. But there's a reason that I want to end on this question, which I'll come on to um, in a minute. Just to kind of address the point in the question about double game week 25. Absolutely. If that was to get confirmed by game week 22, you've then got three weeks to plan for it. And to be honest, we know there's quite a high chance already that Liverpool and Man City are going to double in 25. And we're probably going to want four to six players from those two teams. I would want, if they were all fit for 25, Trent Salah, maybe one more Liverpool player, and then maybe Walker, Foden and Haaland. So not an issue, right? You can just bring them all in. But the info we get by game week 22 might change what chip you use. So if there's a bunch of FA Cup um, upsets, for example, right, and game week 29 looks really easy to manage without a free hit, then you might decide that free hit in 25 is more beneficial because, one, you don't have to make the decisions on the Man City players until much closer to the time. You're also not stuck with minutes risks long term. If Liverpool do double in 25, it means they blank in 26. And if Salah's in... Oh, sorry, on international duty for a while and Trent's out for a while, you just sell them, you free hit them back in for the double, and then you don't worry about the fact that they're blanking afterwards. So the information is quite important, but I also don't think it's the be all and end all. And this is why I wanted to answer this question as the you know, last question in this video. People's teams are slightly different, right? I know there's all this stuff going around about clones right now, and everyone's got the same team, the template, but even a couple of different players can make a big difference to what moves you might make, right? If you've got Trent and Salah and Son and Bowen and Charlie Taylor and another player that's flagged, you might need to make two or three transfers this week, whereas I might only need one. So it's all well and good saying it's great to save the free transfer for next week. We're going to get more info. You might not be in that same position, and that is absolutely fine. There are still points on offer this week. So while it's nice to save a transfer, I wouldn't do it if you are severely denting the points potential for game week 21. Yes, there's lots of points to get in the future, but there's also points to get this week. So if my team was in a worse state, or today in the press conferences we get loads of information that players are injured, I might use that second free transfer. I might even take a minus four to get the players in this week. It all depends how confident you are in getting extra points this week, and also how much those transfers needed essentially so again just to really quickly talk about my team which i've done way too much this week but i've got anthony gordon this week playing against man city at home is that ideal absolutely not do i think that foden richarlison gross uh maybe even bruno fernandez garnacho i've got a chance of outscoring him absolutely but i just don't think it's by so much that that is better than uh, saving the transfer basically I think that saving the transfer is better than bringing a player in so that I don't have to play Anthony Gordon and because of the Trent injury that has put a bit of a spanner in the works where it might be better to sell him rather than Salah but I don't know that right now I might have a better idea by the time we get to game week 22 but again 
your team is different you should make different decisions and if you need to use both transfers absolutely do that there is every chance that we get to game week 22 and the information we have doesn't really change a huge uh, amount and you can just use your chips later you can make those transfers to the double and you're in a perfectly good position so i kind of agree that uh, well not agree but i suspect that people that don't want to roll a transfer or can't roll a transfer are feeling like rolling a transfer is being too overhyped and maybe that is the case but like i said it's it's just not needed for everyone you've got to manage your own team and for some people that's one transfer for some people that's two and for what it's worth over the next few weeks there's going to be different chip strategies as well and there's going to be people free hitting in weeks where you're triple captain and you can't understand it that's just because people's teams are slightly different so try not to worry about what everyone else is doing just do what is best for your team and uh just to end i'm probably still going to roll the transfer and i think i'm going to bring in richarlison and just hope that he gets a few penalties while son is out but i'll talk about that later on in the deadline stream if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already the deadline stream will be starting about quarter to five um uk time this evening i will see you then good luck in game week 21 thanks for watching sports social podcast network